This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kevin. This is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. It's been a while, guys. Uh, If you're actually looking at the date on your podcatcher, you're seeing that this episode is being released actually a week after our previous episode with uh, Mr. Jeff Stormer. Uh, However, in reality, we're already in the new year. Whoa, timey-wimey stuff. 2019, baby. Um, some shit went down, uh, with me personally, um, in 20, the end of 2018. For those of you that know and have been following the show, um, you understand that mid-October, uh, is when we, uh, my family in 2016 kind of knew, uh, or were preparing at least, uh, for the possibility, the high possibility that we'd lose my uncle. Which we we did in um, November, November sixth. Um, so I get um, for the last in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, I, I get a little out of sorts around that time of the year, um, and I was planning on on getting right back into it, like right around the anniversary of my uncle's passing on November sixth. However, uh, the next day after November sixth, uh, we got some really bad news about my father. Uh, and if you're listening to this in, in order of how we release episodes, then this is the first you may be hearing of it. Um, if you followed me on Facebook or on Twitter about promoting our festival that's happening January 27th, 2019 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Tattooed Mom on South Street, as well as South Street Cinema on South Street, Milk Boy South Street on South Street, and then on 17th and Fairmont Thirsty Dice, four venues, over 20 podcasts, over 20 uh, comedians and improvisers are coming together to raise money for Headstrong Foundation, which is a local Philadelphia, Delaware County uh, organization that uh, offers financial, residential, and emotional support to pay, uh, to families affected by cancer. Um, we're raising money for them. We have a goal of five hundred dollars. Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash headstrongfest. That's bit.ly slash headstrongfest uh, to go and donate directly there. We're at ten percent of our goal. Now that we're in the new year, I'm, I'm going to be ramping that up to hopefully, I would love by the time we start the festival for that to hit 100%. I would love to be funded uh, at the time of the festival so that everything else is just gravy and whatnot. And I, I'm going to think of something really, really cool to do if we can get funded before the festival. Um, but right now, I want to talk about, uh, if you've read that uh, page, our fundraising page, you'll know that like I think it was literally the day after um, the anniversary of my uncle's passing, uh, my father was diagnosed with cancer, with prostate cancer. 
Uh, fast forward to about a week or so later, um, the, the Monday or Tuesday before, um, Thanksgiving, we, we found out how bad it was, um, and that it's stage four prostate cancer that has spread to the bones. Um, and well, uh, in hindsight, I, I, you know, we're, we're, you know, everything looks hopeful, everything, um, seems like we can, we can attack this and keep it at bay and, you know, give a nice long quality of life to my, my father, uh, through his treatments and whatnot. The initial shock of hearing stage four, I, I don't think anyone can ever be prepared for that. Um, it's quite simply feels like the end of the world when, uh, you get a phone call, uh, from your aunt saying, are you at home? Uh, can you come to the hospital? It's stage four cancer and it's spread to his bones. Uh, and then also having to be the person that calls your aunt, your father's sister to let, let her know what's going on. Um, and, and it's, it's, it was just a crazy time in my life that I mentally was not prepared for. Um, I was mentally prepared to deal with my father having cancer, but I was preparing for what I understood of prostate cancer of being kind of like of all the cancers, maybe the good one to get, if there is a good one to get. Uh, and, and I was preparing for that kind of life and then suddenly was hit with some really real shit. Uh, and I was not able to bounce back from that. And on top of that, we also, I was also dealing with the fact that I have this festival that I had over a month earlier, two months earlier, had thrown out an application for people to apply to, and over 20 podcasts and over 20 comedians or improvisers contacted me saying they want to be part of it, and more since then, since the deadline ended in the end of October. So here we are just before Thanksgiving. I still need to catch up on everything is awesome, but I also have to do stuff for the, the That's Entertainment Podcast Network, which you know obviously I let go, and the most important thing besides family at that point um, was to make sure that I don't let this festival fail. Because for me, the, the first two years of the festival have been such a learning experience. Um, and I wish I had chosen a different organization to work with those first two years. Um, maybe someone that was local, like the Headstrong Foundation. Uh, because I'm, I'm feeling more support with going that route and whatnot. And um, this is a huge year. 2019 it's the third year of everything is awesome um and it's a huge year for the festival for for going from one fest one venue and six shows to four venues with uh over 40 uh participants scheduled um including a mix of podcasts and comedians and improvisers so that aside from family thanksgiving and christmas my number one concern was was that festival, and and we're finally in a place where like it's kind of on autopilot here on January second, um, and and whatnot. So I, I'm I'm back to, and it's a new year, so I want to get back to it and whatnot. Um, so here we are. Uh, that's all saying, uh, you know, I apologize to our guests who we're we're gonna get to in a second because we recorded this probably well in advance of even October. Uh, I believe it was, it was like the end of September when we recorded this. But this is Lee Purchase of the Slim Turkey podcast. Slim Turkey is uh, a true kind podcast. Uh, and it follows the uh, case of uh, Richard Adderson, who was uh, struck by a unknown motorist. 
uh, and was was left for dead. Um, and you can you can find more information about about the podcast on uh, on slimturkey.com. Uh, and you can also follow him on Twitter uh, for more updates and whatnot to what he's doing with the podcast and to the case and to some giveaways at Mr. Slim Turkey on Twitter. That's at Mr. Slim Turkey, uh, exactly how it sounds. So um, head on over to those places. To, to uh, they're doing a, It looks like they're doing a giveaway right now for a free T-shirt. So head on over uh, to their Twitter and, and get that free T-shirt. Check out the podcast. But this here is my interview, my conversation with uh, Lee Purchase of the uh, Slim Turkey podcast. We chat about the case that he's covering on his podcast, very briefly, of course. Uh, we chat about true crime podcasts, podcasting in general, um, and we just have a good conversation, a great conversation, a really, um, as I always say, interesting, fun conversation that um, I'm glad I had. I'm glad that we're finally airing it. Uh, and again, apologize to Lee for uh, the lateness of it, but I believe there's four or five episodes of his podcast out now that you can find on iTunes and Stitcher and Podcatchers everywhere. Uh, and it's it's so great. So here, it is. without further ado, I've kept you long enough. Uh, make sure you check out, uh, of course, his website, you check out awesomepodcast.com. You head to festival.awesomepodcast.com for a complete lineup of what we have going on on January 27th at Tattooed Moms, at Milk Boys South Street, at South Street Cinema, and at Thirsty Dice on 17th and Fairmont. We have a lot of great podcasts that I'm really excited, uh, volunteered their time to, to be part of. So uh, check that all out at festival.awesomepodcast.com. If you have the spare coin to donate, a lot of times you hear me talking about Patreon and promoting the Patreon and whatnot. That's going to be getting revamped soon, but you can go to bit.ly slash headstrongfest. That's bit.ly slash headstrongfest, and you can donate to our fundraiser. We have a goal of $500 uh, to support Headstrong and what they do for supporting families that are affected by cancer. With you know, they they do a lot of ton a lot of ton of work. That was a messed up sentence. A lot of great work, a ton of great work, uh, financially, emotionally, and with residential services, they help families who are uh, in it for the long haul, much like a lot of us are here with, with people that they know that had cancer uh, and whatnot. So uh, that's that. We'll be back on the other end to wrap things up right here on awesomepodcast.com. We are part of the That's Entertainment Podcast Network on thatentertains.com slash network. And that's fine. That's fine. I actually have never been given the opportunity to just talk about what I've been researching. And uh, so that's, that's perfect. Uh, and so, so not necessarily slim Turkey, but uh, podcasting in general, like what's the origin point when it comes to you and podcasting and uh does that lead to Slim Turkey or, or what's the, in addition to that question, what's the origin point for you saying, Hey, you know what? I want a podcast. February, 2018. One of my friends actually introduced me to podcasting and introduced me to up and vanished. Um, and I devoured that podcast. So, after listening to that, I've always had a just big interest in um, in true crime, investigations, cold cases in particular. Um, 
So I started listening to more podcasts, listening to styles, listening to content. And at that point, I realized that I'd like to try it out myself. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's it's funny because like I, I've so I've been, you know, in the podcast game, both as a listener and uh, a, a content creator for uh, over 11 years at this point. I started listening to podcasts in 2007, February 2007. Before you uh, go on, start, what start. was what kind of podcasts were going on in 2007? So 2007, it was, it was a, a much smaller scape than yeah. it is today. Um, and, and, and I like to say that really like 2006, I believe is when, when genuinely everyone kind of says uh, that's when podcasting started. Like that's the term podcast was kind of born in 2006. But if you think about it, and I, I don't know um, about uh, from where the area you're from, but I, I live in the, the, greater Philadelphia area, okay. just outside of Philly. Um, and our radio stations prior to, to 2006, they always threw up like their webcasts of their uh, DJs and they cut out the music and they just okay. had the talky bits. And so the concept has kind of been around since the internet has been, been around, I think at least uh, ever since the internet had the ability to have audio. So I kind of listened to them even before a podcast was a podcast. But um, I would say in t- 2007, a majority of your things that were quote unquote podcasts were probably radio webcasts. Uh, and then you had like the, the I don't even want to necessarily say independent content creators, but you had um, the one the one that got me into podcasting was was Kevin Smith uh, with Smodcast. He started that February of 2007. Uh, and, and he was inspired by uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, uh, or ha- however you say his last name, that British okay. guy that did The Office. Um, and he was doing one before Kevin Smith, so likely in 2006. Um, and I think what you had is you had uh, people in that you either had entertainers who just found another outlet to, to have their voice heard, or you had people who didn't want to deal with uh, terrestrial radio doing something in that field. Uh, just, just on online, uh, like Leo, uh, Leo Laporte or Laporte or however you say his last name. He is, I think considered like one of the pioneers of podcasting. And he, I think started with like an interview slash techie show. Um, for me being in the game for as long as I have, I actually have like a really bad history when it comes to like the quote unquote pioneers. Cause I never listened to them. Uh, nothing, nothing against them. I just, I have my, I have my genres that I like. And it, and it usually those early days of podcasting, I don't think the genres aligned with what so I was. What really are you into? into. So I, I, I mean, the, the get, I think after, 11 years it's it's what am i not into <laughs> right. really at this point um which, which tends to to be more uh like the techie sh- which is odd because i'm a tech guy i i obviously do a podcast my, my day gig is is tech influenced um but the techie kind of shows are, are the things that i do not go towards but i like i'd, I'd say a nice general thing that that, that kind of encompasses many genres is I like a show that sounds like it's just two people, two friends sitting around or more. It doesn't have to be two, a group of friends sitting around 
and having a, a just a fun conversation, whether that means that they're sitting around playing D&D or, or an RPG game, or it's two or more friends sitting around talking about true crime, uh, or it's uh, like entertainers and, and podcasters slash comics slash filmmakers sitting around and talking. Um, that's kind so of what like I, I gravitate towards. So I, I, Yes, yes. And, and I mean, I'm a Kevin Smith fan. If you know anything about Kevin Smith, his early work, especially this was is very the Kevin Smith from um, the filmmaker, Kevin Smith of uh, Clerks. Clerks. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Clerks. Yeah, I yeah. had no idea he did podcasts. Yes, he is. Uh, a big podcaster. Uh, I, he, he, he runs a, a podcast network called this, okay. this modcast podcast network. Um, his name, his main show. I don't even know if it's really his main show anymore. Uh, Scott Mosier just moved back from France. Scott Mosier is a co-director on the new CGI Grinch movie. So he was out okay. in France directing that. Uh, and, and so Kevin Smith really wasn't doing that show with Scott, but he, I mean, he—that's he, probably his primary podcasting. source of income these days. Is, wow. is is podcasting? Yes, believe it or not, you can make money off of this. You have In eleven not. years. I haven't found a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I, I will say this, and, and, and as someone who's uh, new to the podcasting scene, um, I would say that uh, the right mentality to go into doing a podcast is the passion. Um, for whatever it is you're, you're doing in that podcast versus the, Hey, you know what? This is a way that maybe I could make some money. I spent, uh, let's see, I spent probably, uh, close to seven or eight years, like with like, Oh man, I'm just going to do this podcast and this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this is going to all learn, like get me into like the entertainment right. industry and I'm going to be bank on this. And it was a miserable time, you know, cause it just felt like a failure after failure after failure. And then when I finally said, I want to do a show where I don't have to rely on a co-host, where I have a new co-host. It feels like I have a new co-host every single week. Um, And I I just want to have interesting conversations. Uh, And that's my end game. That's all it was. I've, while I don't have the listenership that I maybe had five years, five to seven years ago, um, because the, the way everything is awesome works is like it literally, there's no real theme except I'm having a new conversation. So, for instance, likely we'll have a, a huge uptick in listeners who tend to enjoy mm-hmm. uh, true crime for this episode. Uh, and that's just the way, way this style of show works. Same, I mean, I think the same uh, – I don't listen to them. I, I should. I've been told I should. But, but Mark Maron, uh, w, WTF with Mark Maron, uh, I would imagine it runs similar to my show in that respect except with like numbers that are – a hundred times higher than mine, if not more. Um, so th- that's, that's the disadvantage I think to like a generic talk show is that it, I mean, look, look at it this way. If you um, like, if you watch late night or you watch a talk show or you listen to a podcast, that's a talk show, unless that, unless that person's a, like a, a famous entertainer or something, chances are you're not going to watch it unless there's a guest on that you want. Like I don't, as much as I love Fallon, I don't, I don't watch every show. I watch the ones that really? are the, the guests that I want so to listen to. Now I will move that towards radio and Howard Stern, who I don't listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to him every now and then. 
I think he's a great interviewer and I'm not listening to him because of his guest. I'm listening to him because he knows how to talk to people and he relates. So whoever it is, and you look Mm. at the spectrum of who he has on a show, he relates to every single guest that he has. And he actually is a great, great interviewer. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's, it's wild how like uh, 11 years ago when I said, I want to do a podcast, like there was very few people to emulate in the podcasting game 11 years ago. So, so we looked to radio and, and I, for the first seven years, eight years that I did podcasting, um, I kind of went that route of shock okay. jockey radio because I just thought that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Uh, and I and I was and the, and one of the reasons I don't prepare much for interviews anymore is because when I have a prepared list of questions and I and I know a little too much about my guest is the conversation seems very scripted. I sometimes ignore what my guest is saying because I'm so focused on my list of questions uh, versus something like this where. Um, it's, I try to, you know, hopefully we talk about what you're here to talk about in the background of what sounds like a a normal conversation. And, and it's, it's weird that I've never really until, you know, I, I, since I got Sirius XM back, I kind of, I'll tune into Howard once in a blue moon. Uh, and I realize I'm like, I'm just kind of emulating him again, except I've, I've, and I don't. And to be honest, like I don't listen to enough to really know like how shock jockey he is anymore. I know I feel like with age, he's quote unquote matured a Absolutely. bit. Um, but uh, it's it's just it's kind of funny that like I here I am eleven years later and I and I'm still kind of emulating a great conversationalist, a great interviewer. And I, I would never call myself a great interviewer. I would call myself a, a decent to great conversationalist. I think I can hold my own for for half hour to an hour, uh, you know, with, with anybody. I think that's something that's not innate. It's learned in terms of Mm -hmm. interviewing because as I've been doing this, now I can talk to anyone in my regular job, but when I'm interviewing and exactly what you said, you have a script in front of you and you sort of stick to that script and you have to find that balance between your inner personality and what you want to get across. So that is definitely a, uh, that's a talent that's learned. Yeah. And, and I think um, I've got every, every anniversary of this show, I, I, I sit down and say, what am I going to do? What am I going to tweak to make this show a little bit better? And, and, and I've talked to a lot of other interviewers, you know, uh, just throughout the history of this show, whether it's, you know, usually they're podcasters um, and, and usually they're, they're, their show is basically my show. Just, just maybe a little bit more niche uh versus um like i think you actually may be the first true true crime podcast well first i've just been assuming that's what slim turkey is based off the the limited that's true right true crime podcast i um basically want to do one season at a time see how it goes my first season is going to be about this one 
man who was uh, who was murdered in 1997. So as long as that takes me, uh, anywhere from 10 to 12 episodes, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, basically true true crime podcast. Uh, and, and that's a, a genre, you know, I mentioned it earlier that I've kind of recently gotten into. I um, I guess Serial was my first one and I listened to it simply because <laughs> everyone was raving about yeah. it. I was like, all right, well, I got to listen to this. And it's quite literally, I, I understand why that first season was so loved. Um, because as, as you mentioned, um, you know, Sarah was able to, in that first season, incorporate a lot of herself and her personality into, into the story she was telling and, and investigating, um, versus season like, and I, I listened to so much that parts of most of season one is kind of like left my brain, but like it, it still has an impact on my life listening to that, that season versus season two. I can probably tell you one or two things about season one and, and, and probably as I start talking about it, remember more and more and more, but season two, I couldn't even, I couldn't well, even isn't tell that how everything is? Uh, um, you listen to your first great album, the first great album and the follow-up. How many songs do you, uh, how many songs do you love off that follow-up album? I always go by, I don't know if you watch a lot of, uh, cable TV um, mm. HBO the first season with uh, yeah. I can't even Woody Harrelson and who's the guy who does oh yeah oh god uh, who does, was that other guy he does the bourbon commercials <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, the I didn't watch commercials. it man. Kevin Matthew oh, McConaughey. No, McConaughey yeah Matthew so that, yeah, 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 and I wish I remembered the the name of the uh, show. It's I, it starts. I want to say it's true something. Is it a simple <laughs> true crime? Now I got to look it up. Um, <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah, I know. It is. Uh, and that's a show I never watched. Uh, I, I could tell you, uh, the I, I mean, at least the, the stars of the first one. I mean, it, we had to work there, but I could tell you the stars Matthew of the first McConaughey. one. I, I couldn't tell you much about any and, of the other seasons. Uh, and True Detective. Yes. True Detective. Great. True Detective, that's it. Great first season. And I was into it. So the second season, I had such high expectations for the second season. I probably watched an episode and a half and I just gave up on it. And that's how I am with a lot of things. So you're talking about serial. If that is not one of the first podcasts that anyone is introduced to within the last two or three years, you know, I don't know what someone would sell you on to get you into podcasts, but that was such a great first season Yeah, up and vanished. I was drawn to that i give up on i give up on uh series after the first season after maybe the first second season um there's nothing like that like i said i i put it towards music there's nothing like that first album um second album is always a little let down and you want to believe in that artist so badly uh but I give up on them very quickly. 
Um, so with the podcast, but there are, so digging deeper into podcasts right now, I've realized that there are some great, great podcasts who have kept my attention, um, throughout and, you know, I, I guess that's what I'm going for right now. Yeah, it, it is. Um, there, there are plenty of podcasts out there that I, that I still subscribe to and I will, I'll look to see what, what, what it's the, like the title or, or the, the description and I may listen to it. I may not, but there's, there, there's also an equal number amount that I'm subscribed yeah. to that I, I listen to every single week uh, or, or whatever their release schedule is. Um, and, and, uh, getting back to true crime, uh, my, my fiance, uh, who, uh, doesn't prior to, to the, the podcast I'll bring up in a second, never listened to podcasts. Like, but, like even mine, she's like, I, I, don't, I talk to you every single day. Why do I need to listen to you talk for another hour when you're not with me to a stranger? Like, I don't, so she, she, and it's, it's, if I'm an Uber Kevin Smith fan, so like, it's funny, uh, her and I went to, uh, one of his, uh, uh, he was in Philadelphia last November and we went to one of his, uh, it wasn't a live podcast, but it was his, uh, an evening with type of deal. Well, he just stood up there and answered questions and told stories for an hour, hour and a half. And his, his wife's name okay. is also Jen. Uh, my, that's my fiance's name. And it's, it's funny the, the so many similarities between those relationships were like uh, the, the, both the gens are like, I don't want to do, I don't care what you do. Like it doesn't interest me at all. Uh, and it's and like, so was, she, she listening to that. She's like, uh, she's like, I, I will never feel bad about not <laughs> listening to any of your crap or, or because his wife doesn't do it. Like your idol, the guy you worship. <laughs> His wife doesn't do it. So I, you know, so I'm like, fair enough, fair enough. But the, the podcast she got into was my favorite murder. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow, whoa, whoa, you're listening to a podcast? I'm going to listen to it so we can talk about it. Now, together. these are the two women who talk yes. about TV shows. No, no, they don't talk about TV shows. They talk about, uh, I mean, yes, I, th they, I think they do bring up TV shows, but the, 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 that's not the main topic of their show. I've, um, I've heard a couple of episodes. It's, and, and that I like, um, it's, it has the, 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 the part of podcast that I love the most. And that's the, the banter between yeah. the, the two hosts. Yeah. Um, and that I, is, is what draws me in. And it's obvious, like, obviously, um, if you're looking like it's, it's, I guess not really even, I, I don't know if calling it true crime is probably it's probably more comedy than it is true crime because absolutely yeah, because all those all these true crime podcasts like serial for instance uh has so much more research and, and investigations going on versus you know the the you know i would assume the day that they might put into researching uh what they're talking about uh for the week uh yeah but yeah, but th that th that's like that was that and serial are my entryway into true crime, and I, I have yet to pick another one. But up. you cannot replace that chemistry that they both yes, have you can each other, and that's what lights it up for yes, them. Absolutely, and yeah. and it's and they're funny. Like it, it, it obviously helps that they're super funny, and um, 
you know, it's, it's just, it's, it, for me, it's a good time. And, and it's, I mean, it, it is one that I'm still catching up on. So like, it, it's not my, I don't like, I'm probably a year behind on them still. And when I'm caught up yeah. on my other, all my other shows, so I don't fall behind on them. I'll sit down and, and just listen to, you know, three or four episodes in the course of a day or two, if I'm caught up on everything else. But um, yeah, yeah it, and, it, and it's, it's just, the best part about listening to to that podcast, kind of along with my, my fiance, who's ahead of me by a little bit, is that we went on a road trip to South Carolina. So when she was driving, she would play them on her phone. And when I was driving, I would play the episodes I was on on my phone. The difference is because I listen to so many podcasts, I listen to them at one. I listen to all of them at one and a half times speed. So everyone sounds basically normal when you listen to them at that speed just a little for bit you. quicker yes but for you <laughs> yes so it's funny when she's listening to it i'm like oh my god they sound so drunk right now <laughs> and, and and she's like oh, i can't like it gives her a headache listening to it when i'm on when i when i'm driving because it's it's so you know quote unquote faster yeah uh, and the real kick with that is uh, and i highly recommend this if you have friends that podcast listen to their shows at one and a half times speed and like binge a couple episodes yeah. before you talk to them again. Cause it, it throws you for a loop when you sit down in real life with them and talk to them. Cause I have, I, I, I met a friend in, in a, at a, a brewery around here um, to pick up some equipment from him. And I had like just listened to three or four episodes of his podcast at one and a half times speed. And I was like, man, it's wild, dude. Like I'm so used to you talking super <laughs> fast. <laughs> Now, do you recognize the voice at one yeah, and a half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, double speed. I've tried doing double speed, and yeah, that, that's too much. That's too, it. Can be. I feel like I could probably wean my way to that, but but then you're almost missing a lot of content, especially if it's like. Admittedly, some of the shows I, I listen to are more background noise shows. Like I, I I I enjoy listening to them. Yeah, but I'm not fully taking it in. Uh, and if you listen to those shows at two times speed, you might as well not even listen. Now to it. you can listen to a show at one and a half times speed and still that is background for you. Sometimes, sometimes it's background. Sometimes most of the shows are, or I'm, I'm like intaking it all, but some shows are like, oh my God, this is just, uh, my drive is like, I'm spacing out and it's okay that I space out during this show. If, if it's, if it's a show I really enjoy, I don't. All right. Well, then you obviously <laughs> have a higher IQ than I do because I cannot listen to a show, anything other than regular speed. And, and I find myself mostly listening to shows i think everybody does on the drive anyone who's listening to podcasts uh on the drive wherever you're going to mm -hmm. and i rewind all the time because i just want to make sure that i heard yeah and and, and I, I would say i still do that with one and a half times speed it all depends on on like the podcast i'm listening to and and how much i'm truly paying attention to that podcast if i so like the like uh, something like serial for instance uh it, that and i was still listening at what at normal speed at that point but that's a show where i would totally have to rewind okay. if there was something that i missed and I, and and there's still shows that like that I listen to now that I'm like, Oh wait, what did they just say? And I'll rewind. Cause maybe I spaced out. Cause like I saw a cow or something on my drive. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> so, uh, so I still, so I still do that. But I mean, for 
if you start like if you would listen to one podcast at one and a half times speed or just like try it out once you'll notice that it's not actually a huge yeah. to me it's not a huge difference and 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 it's almost the norm like i this there's this one podcast that i i've tried i was like you know what i'm gonna listen to i'm gonna wean myself back to normal speed so i can be a normie and and i can't listen to the, this one podcast at normal speed at all it's just it sounds um the host is, who who i enjoy dearly at normal speed does not sound like the person i know at all like and i don't really know them but like it's it's so weird listening to that normal speed and I, I can't get back into it it's so much slower like i'm just used to his voice so quick especially since i think i started listening to that podcast when i was at a one and a half speed uh regiment so like i've oh. only known his voice save for when he was a guest on my show at one and a half times speed okay right, well that makes sense uh so uh s- s- when you decided to do slim turkey let's get back to that okay uh, we've we talked a lot a, a lot about everything else which is you know on brand <laughs> that's for fine show. Yeah, that's on brand for this show. Uh, so, what? Um, how did you go about deciding what case you wanted to talk about? Because I have to imagine that's when you're doing a, a season show like that. It's got to be hard to be like, oh man, what like what case? Like, this is my first podcast. What case out of all these? I'm sure cold cases that are available. Do I want to focus my attention on? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I live in New York. I'm on the, uh, as my podcast, when it comes out, we'll state where, uh, my, my buddy and I are on the outskirts of New York city. Um, we wanted to do something that was close to home. So if there was any research involved, it'd be, it'd be an easy drive. Uh, we picked one case where, when we finally spoke with the cold case detective, he basically said, you can't do this because it's going to interfere with the investigation. And at that point, two or three months of research into that case went down the drain. And, you know, ultimately we wanted the help of, of the, uh, investigating detective mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to interview him and, and, and give some insight into the case. So we started looking around for other cases and we found a case that was probably about an hour away from us. So that was, that was the first priority to find a case that was close to home. Um, a case that was over 20 years old because we believed, um, and this was naively at the time we believed that a case that was over 20 years old might elicit more help from the actual police department that was investigating it. Um, and then something that was easily accessible on the internet and not everything, but, you know, so we could get a good base into the investigation or into our research, um, just to provide a, uh, like a, a stepping stone into getting into more research. And the, and the case that we ultimately decided on was this case of Richard Adderson, who had been featured on America's Most Wanted soon after the, the homicide occurred and also Unsolved Mysteries. So there was, there was a ton of information out on the internet 
when we started looking into it. Um, oh my God, there's the question was it went in my head and then I got so entranced with what we were saying that I lost it. Uh, so I don't, I, I, that's, I lost my question. This is going to be a big edit point for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, no I, worries, I just kind of, no worries. Uh, this is the, it's, it's, you know why it's because, uh, the, the, like I said, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a vaguely new listener to, to the true crime. So I basically just got kind of lost in, uh, like it was an episode of your show, I think. Oh, well, that's uh, good. Uh, which which actually now leaves me it got me back to my question so there we go tangents help uh so is are, are you guys still doing the research are you still producing recording and editing uh or, or have you guys started airing it yet no it, it's it's not been aired yet we're still doing research um I'm still working on editing the first episode right now so that it comes out and it's perfect. I don't know if I'm going to be the stickler on episode two or everything afterwards, but I wanted to make the first episode perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, there's a lot to that, but, um, yeah, no, we're still in the process of, um, of researching it. And even after, recording the first episode um that just raised so many more questions that i want to dig deeper into it so there have been people who told me with the amount of information that we have on this case that it maybe could run two or three episodes but i'm finding that if as as long as we dig deeper into it it could last the eight to 10 to 12 episodes that we uh, originally saw it, you know, it, it, it extending. Okay. So, uh, so did you, two part question, I guess, did you go into this with the hopes that like, Oh, we're, we're going to make a eight to 10, 12 episode season. Or did you originally have a plan for this podcast to be a new case every episode? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I had originally picked three or four cold cases that I actually wanted to research, but nothing was as inviting and exciting to me as this case. Um, and the more I started looking into it and the more I had doors closed on me from the, from the, um, from the department that was originally investigating it to uh, retired detectives who were so excited to speak in the beginning. And then after a while said, you know, we can't talk to you anymore. It just became the case that we uh, wanted to research. So it just turned out that way. Um. And that, you mentioned episode one, how that's almost done editing and, and, and whatnot. Because you're, you're doing, you know, this case over the course of several episodes. And, and, and I ask part partially uh, out, of, out of selfish reasons, because I, I, I'm working on a project that's, while it's not as uh, it's I, it, true crime is not the right, word uh to talk about it at all because it's 100 fictional but it's in kind of the same realm of uh, this project i'm working on um how do you 
decide the episode like you know because i assume you do a ton of ton 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 of research and, and interviews and stuff before you start editing it together how do you formulate this like okay we know episode one is going to be about this and 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 episode two is going to be about this does that come during research before the interviews or does it kind of come after everything has been almost done at that point um color coded index cards so <laughs> i mapped out the season and i figured at first it would be about six episodes and every time that we have done some research and found out more information on the case more index cards just appeared in front of me and so that took up another episode and so in the beginning we you know we mapped out a course of how the the season would progress and we built an arc into it and we built um just you know things that would make it interesting into every episode but with the more research that we had done and the more um, information that we gathered about this one case and just the twists that this case took, um, you know, expanded into two and three and then four extra episodes. And I didn't want to make every episode too intense. So based on podcasts that I've heard and podcasts that I'm interested in, in terms of a, a time, I like anywhere from 25 minutes to 35 minutes. I think it's perfect. And I think it'd be perfect for, for our podcast. So I started to use that as the model. And then, you know, it just turned out to be eight to 10 to 12 episodes the first season and and you know if we are able to gather any more information i think that this is a case that couldn't ultimately be solved um we'll take it we'll take it another season it's uh it's still like i still it's hard to grasp and it was because i i uh as we've discussed and as my audience knows i'm not a big researcher and, and i guess this type of project requires a lot of research so it's just it's it's so like it's so hard to imagine myself in your shoes saying all right i know that with this case episode one two three is going to probably be about this like it's it, it that's fascinating to me because it's it, it is it requires a degree of uh i guess focus and and um patience maybe that i just don't have that i want to have that i want like that's my next year's goal is like to, to be a little bit more focused uh when it comes to podcasting or try adderall you know that'll help yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it sounds uh so, so do you so with with you knowing that so is your season one research complete or are you still I know you're still editing and, and, and whatnot, but do you have more to record, more interviews scheduled oh, with, with that yeah, show? Yeah, absolutely. So we're still trying to figure out the format. I mean, we have a general outline of how the season's going to progress, especially with the old, with all of the um, information that we gathered at this point. But, you know, we're hoping that 
maybe someone who knows something about this case will listen to our podcast and we'll get a call or we'll get an email and get more insight into the case. It's just, it's so interesting because if I can just get into the background, in 1997, the victim got into a road rage incident. And so road rage wasn't road rage in 1997. Uh, the term was coined in in the late 80s in Los Angeles. And Los Angeles with the busy freeways, you know, road rage is road rage out there. But it hadn't really spread across country. Um, so this was... I'm not saying it was the first violent case of road rage on the East Coast, but, you know, it was well publicized. Um, mm. And the victim was a school administrator in upstate New York. He was driving home from, from work. And he and this unknown motorist had a minor collision. They pulled off to the side of the road and, you know, they pulled off like anyone would would do it after having a minor collision, maybe to assess yeah. the damage and exchange information. I'm going to get a quote, whatever. That turned into a an argument, and there were several passing motorists who, who witnessed that. And before you knew it, the unmo- unknown motorist had pulled out a gun and shot the victim in the chest one time. He got back into his vehicle and fled. The victim crawled back to his car. And and you have to remember, this is 1997, so not a lot of people had cell phones at the time. Yeah. He, um, he crawls back to his car and he calls 911, where he spends anywhere from 8 to 10 minutes on the phone, and he describes... The shooter, he describes his car. He also tells police that this guy was driving a vehicle with New Hampshire license plates. And then however long he spent on the phone, like I said, eight to 10 minutes. So he provided the 911 operator with a ton of information. And America's Most Wanted covered it. Unsolved Mysteries covered it. And it's it's been 21 years and they have... They have not brought this killer to justice. So I thought it was just, you know, it was the perfect case to research. And now I'm not pretending I'm a detective. I'm not pretending I know <laughs> anything more than any of the detectives who are, you know, investigating this case. But I, after speaking with a lot of police officers and a lot of detectives, I know how their caseload goes and, and it goes in the order in which these crimes occurred. Um, so you have a, an investigator or a detective who is looking into a case that's 21 years old, who has obviously not been on the, or in, been in the police department for that long. You know, whatever happened yesterday is given the priority. Whatever happened 21 years ago, that detective investigator gets to it when he gets to it. Um, So I just thought, you know, this would be the perfect case. And then I spoke with the victim's son. Um, I've spoken with him a couple of times and he was eight years old at the time. 
So he his oh. his memory of what happened, um, you know, played a big part in who he is today. That was you know eight years old, and he remembers the detectives knocking on the front door and telling his mom, you know, something happened, and he and his older sister were told to hang out at the neighbor's house for the night while his mom dealt with, you know, the hard fact that dad had been shot and rushed to the hospital where he, uh, you know, he would ultimately pass. So it's just, there's so many different aspects in the, in this whole case that, that drove me. And after doing the research right now, I definitely, definitely think that this case can be solved. It's, uh, first of all, I, I, I am 100, like 100% sold on, on, uh, knowing why you picked this case and, and like, I want to know all the information now. Like, um, it, it blows my mind, uh, as that. And obviously you're right. 97 is a whole different time, but, but that, that something like that, could happen because i feel like i feel like in 2018 that that same scenario the it it, it it gets solved almost right away you know it's crazy though you know it's crazy the so i mean i've been doing a lot of research from looking at forensic psychologists and criminologists who have done research on road rage and, and just statistics all over the place and actual, the, um, crimes that are being solved. So the, that, that rate has gone down dramatically. So, you know, we think in 2018, because of all the modern technology and the and the cameras all over the place and 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 systems like Easy Pass and all of that would help us solve a crime, but the clearance rates have actually decreased as time goes on. Um, so they're not clearing as many cases as they did in 1997. However, I do think that this would be a case that, given the technology that that we have today it would have been a lot easier to clear this case. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say uh, my comment is like, I think very specific to like a case like this, like where uh, it's just, it's hard to imagine a road rage incident uh, uh, even to this degree, like not, not being, especially with all the, I, I had assumed that dude, uh, what, what was his name? Richard. Richard Adderson. I would I'd assume that Richard like died right away, just based off the fact that I, it, you're doing a true crime podcast. So I knew that something happened uh, and that he died. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like uh, it's fascinating that there was a, a large amount of time that, that he was alive and, and, you know, at least 10 minutes of it was with him on the, the, the phone call. It, it is, that makes it super intriguing. And it almost, it, and maybe it could happen in 2018 where, where someone could have a road rage incident, shoot somebody else and, and get away with it for 20 some years. I, it's just, it is hard to imagine with all the, the uh, drive, the travel slash 
driver technology or not driver technology, but road technology or whatever that's out there. Transportation technology. That's the word. I'm yeah, no, for. absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But when he called 911, in addition to staying on that op, staying on the phone for 10 minutes with the operator, he gave, like I said, he gave a description of the person who shot him. So he described a white male, middle age, six feet tall. He gave, you know, the physical description, how tall he was, how much he weighed. He also was well-versed in vehicles. So he knew that the green Jeep Cherokee that this guy was driving was a late model and that it was anywhere between a 1995 and a 1997, because as his son put it, he knew cars. Um, he was a big NASCAR fan, loved, um, uh, Dale Earnhardt. Um, and then, you know, he gave the, uh, the new Hampshire plate and, and that's not to say that he, he actually gave the license plate number, but he was pretty sure that the, that the shooter was driving a car with a new Hampshire license plate. And then coincidentally, I think it was two or three months later, a New Hampshire law firm started calling up the New York State Police and making inquiries into the case. When the New York State Police said, what are you, what are you asking? And they said, well, we're you know, asking about details on the investigation. Why are you asking these details? Well, we have a client who has hired us to make these inquiries. When the New York State Police asked them, who is this person, you know, they hid behind the uh, attorney-client privilege. So it was just, it, it reinforced that Richard Adderson in describing the shooter and describing the vehicle and stating that this guy had a uh, New Hampshire license plate, he was, he was pretty accurate because why would a New Hampshire firm be making inquiries into the case? And And I think that the... New York State Police knew that there was some, at least some tie to New Hampshire because according to the New Hampshire newspapers in February 1997, the New York State Police were up in New Hampshire within, I, I think it was four or five days. That is wild. That You've definitely piqued my interest and I, am, I can't wait until... I can start listening to to Slim Turkey. Woo! Uh, I'm glad. I uh, before we get to to wrapping this up with plugs and whatnot, um, I need to know now why why what's the name? What's what's how did you come to come up with Slim Turkey? Because that just like if I look at that at face value, I, I don't picture uh, I don't picture true crime. So so please give me that backstory. So, um, my grandmother, rest her soul, was a, uh, she just was very old fashioned and, and she used the term slim pickings, slim pickings, meaning that, you know, there wasn't a lot around. And, and I thought with this case, there weren't a lot of clues, um, enabling the New York state police to actually solve this crime. So it was a play on one of the, you know, one of the terms that my grandmother always used. And then we, 
and then I started playing with the term slim pickings and, and got into slim chicken and slim Turkey. And I just, I like the way slim Turkey sounded. So, okay. uh, we went on from there. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll take it. That's a, it is, it's a, it's a unique name. Uh, and, and, like I said, the information that you gave that about the the case, I mean, is enough to some. It has it does have a lot of mystery and and, and uh, intrigue to it. To to you know, why is it unsolved for the last twenty one years? And, and it's yeah, I'm excited to to hear Slim Turkey when it comes out. So that being said, do you have an ETA uh, for when uh, episode one drops and when, yeah. when you're going to be done? Originally, my ETA was uh, July first, and. Uh, <laughs> And now it's the first week of August. So I'm realistically shooting for the end of August. I'd, I'd like to get oh, okay. our first episode out um, end of August, beginning of September, and then have at least enough content to get us through the month of September at that point. But yeah, I'm shooting for the end of August right now. All right. So, so knock on wood, by the time people are listening to this, uh, it's available uh, and, and, uh, at least an episode or two is out for out there for you. Uh, where can people find slim Turkey and, and is there, are you, uh, cause I, I know, I think I've seen, um, cause I think I did some minor research on your social, like on Twitter or something, uh, where I saw you posting stuff or maybe it was the website. I don't know. No, no, but it was, uh, it was Twitter. We're at, uh, Mr. Slim Turkey on Twitter. Um, and that's basically it. But you know what, in the beginning, I was just trying to get the name out there and I found it more important to actually get the, uh, the podcast done. So at Mr. Slim Turkey on Twitter, but you know, I post very infrequently. And are you, are you looking for, maybe I'm making this up. I swear. Like, are you looking to see, you know, as you're researching for more, like for the public to come to you with more information if they have it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, it that actually is my ultimate goal too, because I think that I, well, I honestly believe that whoever had done this has told several people. And maybe he hasn't told the full story, but he's just given bits and pieces. And I believe that the police have a good idea of what happened, but they're still missing pieces. Obviously, this person has not been brought to justice. And I'm, I'm just hoping that the podcast will get out there to someone who's listening, who, who says, you know what, I knew about this aspect of something and maybe this will be a piece to the puzzle and eventually two and three and maybe four people who know a little something about this case will volunteer that information and it'll help the police actually finally solve the crime. I, I hope I, a, you know, cause justice definitely needs to be served, but you know, hopefully, uh, all this hard work that, that you guys have put into this, um, uh, you know, it, it pays off in a way and, and, and helps, um, at least put more attention on it at the very least, if, if not, 
you know, bringing it to, to justice. Absolutely. I mean, when this happened, so it happened in 1997, uh, Richard Adderson had, you know, he was not only married, but he had three kids. He had an 18 year old who had just started college. Uh, he had a 13 year old who was at her piano lesson at the time. And then his youngest child was an eight year old boy who, you know, had to grow up without his dad. Um, uh, so, you know, it, and 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 in speaking with his son, his son has told me that, you know, the family has come to some I I don't know if you can put I, I don't know if you can say that, you know, they have dealt with this, but you know, they've tried to put it behind them. Um, but his mm -hmm. son has told me that the only way that this will be resolved for him is to find out who did it with, you know, who did it yeah. to his dad. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think you've sold a couple of people on listening to, to the, the show when it drops. And, and uh, I mean, at least me, you sold one ticket with me. At least. <laughs> All right. Uh, and and uh, and. God bless you for doing all this. It's, it's, I, 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 I tend to, to live in the world of, uh, of, uh, fake creativity and, and I make things up, make believe that's where, that's where I live. I, I, I rarely, um, do anything that's, that's any kind of, uh, means anything to anybody in the world. Uh, so, so I'm, good. God bless good. You. I like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, I agree. It is good. And it is, it's kind of medicine for Absolutely. the soul, but yeah, uh, you're doing some real work out there and uh, I'm excited to, to see uh, that come to life, uh, you know, for, for current Kev in a couple of weeks for future Kev. Uh, he's already listening to it when he does these, the intros and outros. So um, thank you once again for being thank on the show, Lee. Me. And uh and we'll uh, we'll have to have you back on to, to when, when you're done to check in and see see what's what's next for Slim Turkey and if there's any other information about um, this case that that you may well, want to I share. Would, I mean, uh, when you're when, when this is done, I would love to actually talk to you again and tell you this is the information that we provided to the police and and they were able to come up with you know something a little more than they have right right now. Well, let's, you know, as soon as you're ready, let's, let's Definitely. make that happen. Definitely. Thank you once again to Mr. Lee Purchase from the Slim Turkey podcast. You can find out more information about that podcast at Mr. Slim Turkey on Twitter.com. Slim Turkey.com is the website. Catch it on iTunes, Stitcher, and all your favorite podcatchers. Uh, and if you're looking for it on a podcatcher that uh, that he's not on, just tweet at him at Mr. Slim Turkey and let him know that you want him on your podcatcher of choice, and he'll make it happen. Um, thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, it's been a while since I've done one of these post intros and post outros. Uh, you're going to be hearing, uh, this is kind of what I'm dubbing another week of awesome here, this first week of 2019, a little mini week of awesome here. It's January 2nd. You can listen to not only this episode uh, of Everything is Awesome, episode, uh, I believe this is 145 with uh, Lee Purchase of the Slim Turkey Podcast. You see this all advertised all over Twitter, but 
Shortly after this uh, episode airs and posts and whatnot, uh, something that's not going to be really advertised on Twitter and whatnot is our Halloween special. That's right, our Halloween special. Uh, I'm posting that at the same day as this. You're going to get a couple episodes uh, uh, between now and the end of the month when we get caught up on what we have in our backlog here. Uh, you're going to get episodes that are either paired together because they make sense or because, hey, here's our featured guest, and then this is just a fun episode we did Um the most important episode is the one featuring our guest. Please, please, please. Uh, the only thing I'm going to have to plug for the next several episodes is January 27th. If you're in the greater Philadelphia area, Bucks County, Delaware County, Chester County, any of the counties, Philadelphia County, obviously, if you're in the greater Philadelphia area, please, 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 even if it's a, a little bit of a drive, come on down to South Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and celebrate celebrate the great birth of everything is awesome we're turning three years old on february 1st and we're celebrating as we always do with a festival and fundraiser the 2019 everything is awesome headstrong comedy festival and fundraiser is here to raise 500 dollars as our goal for the Headstrong Foundation, an organization that offers financial, residential, and emotional support to families affected by cancer. They mean so, so much to me. They are an organization that works with the University of Pennsylvania who treated my uncle, who has a hand in treating my father. And you, uh, they work with UPenn um, and Headstrong. They work together to, to just help families. So it would mean a lot to me if you check out the festival details at festival.awesomepodcast.com if you cannot make it to the festival a lot of these shows if not all of the shows are going to be recorded and probably aired on the show's respective feed so please 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 check out those episodes when they become live but more importantly help us reach our $500 goal if you can't make it to the festival where you can donate in cash we also have set up through the headstrong website a easy place for you to donate online our goal is $500 and you can help us raise that money by going to bit.ly slash headstrongfest that's bit.ly headstrongfest bit.ly slash headstrongfest that's the third time and final time I'm going to say it this episode uh, and you can go there and help us get to our $500 goal we're currently 10% there uh, I would love for by the time let's say by my son's birthday by January 16th I would love to be 50% of the way there. That's two weeks away. We can do it, guys. Let's help, help, help Headstrong, the Headstrong Foundation. Just support them because they support people that really, really need the support. They, they, they're they, a great, great, great company. Um, I'm not sure what you're going to hear after this, but thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the other side with more episodes of Everything is Awesome right here on awesomepodcast.com. And, of course, we are part of the That's Entertainment Podcast Network on thatentertains.com slash network. We like to end everything is awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening right now. It can feel like you can't do anything to help, but you can. It takes people like us to make a difference. One of the easiest and most effective ways to action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. When I call my reps, I use a site called 5calls.org. That's the number 5calls.org. There, you'll find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most effective ways to have your voice heard. Thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon.com slash entertains. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this episode to you. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, word-of-mouth recommendations and five-star rating reviews on iTunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome.
You can find us on Facebook.com and Twitter at Real Awesome Pod or at Awesome Podcast on Instagram. And we're available on AwesomePodcast.com and ThatEntertains.com slash network. Get news about everything is awesome from our website, social media accounts, and also on my personal Twitter at ThatNerdyKev. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have a question or comment, email us at Awesome at CrudeHumorStudios.com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That's Entertainment Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio, video and live performances you can find more info at crewmerstudios.com thanks for listening super friends we've been awesome that's entertainment podcast network entertainment and culture artist owned fan supported